Welcome to Stand Out from the Crowd, the podcast dedicated to helping professionals and leaders amplify their voice, impact and influence. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, hello, bonjour, salam alaikum. What else? How do you say? So, how how many languages do you in how many languages can you use the word hi? Hello, bonjour. Um, uh, bonjour. I, I'm I'm a hello, a bonjour, and Portuguese oi, bon dia. Uh, oh, I, I like it. I like Speak it. to the Portuguese and I'll be able to follow you much better than the French. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I could say hola. I can use a little bit of Spanish, but that's all I can do. So hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this new live episode of Stand Up From The Crowd. If you're new here, my name is Doreen Benamara. And every week on Wednesdays, I get the opportunity, the privilege to interview leaders in their industry, you know, the ones who make an impact. And so we are here, we talk, no BS conversation, we share the good, the bad, and the ugly. But most importantly, you know, we keep it real and we share you with you top tips that you can use to amplify your voice, impact, and influence, because that's what we are all about as leaders. And today, today's topic is special because you are talking about kindness. And I'm sure many of you I've heard, you know, someone saying to someone else, or maybe to you, you are being too kind. You are being too nice. What's the point, right? But when we think about it, like kindness is what we need now more than ever. And I want to believe that kindness is the next level of leadership. And this is what our friend here today, Will, uh, and I will talk about. Will, how, how are you doing today? How are you? I'm thrilled to be here. And any opportunity to talk about kindness and how the world needs it is um, much, much appreciated. Oh, you tell me about that. So as usual, we have a beautiful international community. You let us know where you are tuning in from. I know we have people from the U.S. We have who is in that place. We have Robert here from Houston in the U.S., my friend, my partner in crime. We have David here, um, just viewed the Wednesday with Will show, and I watched it too. So before I went <laughs> on this show, I was watching Will on his show with Michelle, and that was an excellent, that was an excellent show, an excellent conversation. What's the name of your show so people can follow you over there? Wednesday with Will Live. So I, I do noon Eastern um, every Wednesday, and I do what you do, introduce people that inspire me. I think it's great. I love it. So look, people, at noon on Wednesdays, you log into Will uh, a podcast live stream on LinkedIn, and then twelve thirty, perfect timing. You can it's jump. A date. <laughs> it's <laughs> a thing, right? You can jump over here on the Stand Up from the Crowd podcast. And who else is in that place? We have uh, Claudia here. She's my friend from Portugal. Now oh. you can practice your Portuguese. Oh. Oi, Claudia Miller. Oi. <laughs> Boa tarde. 
And we have Josephs who says, Team Boom, boom Field <laughs> in the house. Boom. Okay, Miami. Now, okay. are you a bit, are, do you follow Joseph? He's, I've adopted him as my brother. Um, he's all about the boom. He's all about energy. Somebody oh. I think you'll get to know well. Oh, I will definitely follow you, Joseph, and, and, and look at the great content that you post out there. So, as I was reading your, your personal story on, on, on LinkedIn, you know, I realized that we have a lot of things in common. And I like the way, you know, you talk about the fact that you were like raised in the multicultural environment with your mom being uh, Italian and your Correct. dad, yes, and your dad being Irish and you Correct. being in the middle, you know, never enough on neither side of the family. Right. And actually I can relate to you because my mom is French and uh, my father is from Tunisia. And, you know, I was never enough on both sides. But you know what it taught me? It taught me so many things. But one of the biggest thing is um, adaptability, flexibility, and, you know, having an open mind. And those are qualities that, you know, are very helpful today that I use on a daily basis as a leader, when I work pe with people, when I want to impact people, when I want to lead my team, I use those things. So tell us a little bit about your, your journey growing up within a multicultural family and, you know, what it has taught you that today, you know, you are leveraging the leader in your industry. It's, it's quite interesting. And thank you for that. And, and when, and growing up, I suppose, never being one thing, I was very aware from a young age that in different environments, I wasn't fully of that environment, right? And it wasn't bad, so don't take it in that way, but it was always the Irish side of the family, the Italian side of the family, you were always different. So as, you, as I grew up and I started a career, I was very introverted and shy, but I'd always worked in the public realm. And when you work with the public, you can't be shy. So you mm -hmm. put on, on a suit, you put on a persona, and you are the public-facing person. How did I do that? I just figured being polite, being kind. I didn't know everything, but what, what, what is universal? What is universal in any culture, right? There's the Irish-Italian kid growing up in an Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. Everything was always different. But through kindness and, and um, family, making sure you were polite, mm -hmm. that was the common thread. And you just said at the beginning of the show, the world needs so much of that now more than ever. And so that's really what was the foundation for my leadership style. So no matter what project I was on, what teams I was leading, you can find common ground by just being decent, by being a kind human being. And it's something that I was put down for. I was told by certain leaders, you're being too um, kind or you're being too nice to the team. We've got goals. Makes no sense. How do you get to your goals if you're not treating the people who are doing the work as the most important thing in the process? So I, I know your show is only six hours and I could probably keep going on and on. <laughs> But um, that's really why I do what I do. And I'm so passionate about it today. Yeah, I know. And actually, we have a few comments. So mm -hmm. Robert here is saying, um, it's okay to be able to adapt to different environments. 
especially if you bring yourself to that environment and experience it for all that it is worth. And that and that's true, actually. That's that's really true. And another one says, so David, hey David, thank you for joining us. He say, hey, it's hard for me to imagine you <laughs> as shy Will Sullivan. I'm an introvert, but I can be outgoing when my job calls for it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I'm an introvert too, but you said it well, very well, actually. You know, you put a persona. It's like you have the will, the darin, you know, who is introvert but when it comes to the professional stage no matter what the stage look like for you right you put on this persona where you are the leader you were meant to be exactly. and so i i do believe you were meant to to make a great impact because when i look at your track record and this is only the few sentences again that are uh, available about your 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 professional story so you have spent decades building customer centric teams with 150 million yeah. satisfied guests, yeah. 150 million satisfied guests. So I think a lot of people can find inspiration today <laughs> in your story and $1 billion in revenue. Right. So when I look at it, I'm like, hmm, so this kindness and politeness thing is working, isn't it? Yeah. I'll explain the numbers quickly. Doing debt, working decades in New York City, right? You've got tourists from around the world coming in here, and you don't get much bigger in terms of a tourist spot than the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And I never, and when I left the museum about a year ago, I'm a numbers geek and I love to quantify things. So when I added up everything that I had done in the realms that I managed. It turned out to be, in that period of time, 150 million visitors came to the museum wow. and, the, and the businesses I was involved in generated a billion dollars in revenue to support a wonderful cause like the Met. And I met so many wonderful people. All of those souls, and I, and I, don't, I don't say this lightly, those 150 million people and the countless thousands of colleagues I worked with over the years, they've all left an imprint on me. Mm -hmm. And I find that I did it with love for my job, love for what I did, love for my teams. So now I'm in a different point in life. I just, you know, I conquered New York. Why not conquer the world here with you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I like it. The word, there is no no such thing as having like big ambitions. Go for the word, my friend. I love it. <laughs> so, you know, you, 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 one of your models, if I can say so, is, you know, people of a profit and you do help organization that takes, you know, uh, their, their people seriously to be more uh, effective. Um, now my question to you, and we said it, we feel like kindness is now more important than ever. After the rough time we've been through and we're still going through, it's one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. Right. We need kindness, right? As right. human beings. But now my question to you, do you feel or do you think, what do you foresee happening in, you know, organizations? Like, would they really, are they really serious about, you know, putting kindness at the heart of their leadership and the way they do things? Or do you see them just using a trend like we have seen corporations mm -hmm. using trends from one year or one decade to the other? 
or do you see them going back to the old way of doing because this is just the way it is? You, you definitely hit upon something. I think there are two different camps, right? There is, there will always be those who are like, oh, that's, that's on trend. We should do that. Let's tell our people we're going to be kind and nice. Then I find, and what I'm loving being a solopreneur, working on my own and working with, with folks, is that you can tell who, who means it. You cannot have great service, um, wonderful hospitality, and get to your revenue goals, no matter how large or small, if it doesn't start if, at the top. If it isn't everyone in the organization pulling towards the same thing. And I'm not trying to criticize other large organizations, but unless it is something that everybody um, believes in, and not believes in because you're told to believe it, but if you can have a philosophy, right? The philosophy I had, I woke up every day for decades. I was part of New York City. I was part of welcoming how many human beings into a magnificent building and a series of buildings for that maybe one and only time, right? They only came into the museum once. They had an hour, they had 90 minutes. It, I felt it was my responsibility and the team's responsibility to welcome them in as you were welcoming someone into your home. Despite mm -hmm. that 5,000 people are coming through the door in an hour, you owe it to each and every one who needs help, whether they speak your language or not, to be able to do that. So I've gone off on a tangent. If there are companies and people that really want to succeed in the public realm, your company philosophy and who you are at your core, mm -hmm. that can't be faked. That can't be paid for through an advertising agency. That cannot be conveyed in photographs. You have to live and breathe it. And that's where I come to. I just love being involved with people who get it. And you know what it's like, right? When someone gets it. Yeah. That's you you set your soul on fire. Uh, it does, and it makes it uh, easier and pleasant for everyone to work together. Oh, it's just I never felt as though now I'm human as everyone else. There's sometimes rough patches, but I did not feel that I didn't I didn't understand when people would like, oh, it's Monday, oh, it's I've got to get up, I have to go to work. I loved going to work because I loved the people I worked with and I loved what I did. Yeah. And I've come to realize that that's a true blessing. So you've, you know, I've kind of graduated from what I had done for so very long because I want to take that energy and <laughs> take over the world. Okay. <laughs> that's the block. I'm just here on your show to tell everybody I'm taking over. <laughs> you get it now? <laughs> uh, but you know, that's, that's very powerful because you you are fulfilled your job fulfills you what you do not even your job what you do your mission fulfills mm -hmm. you but you know for so many people it's hard to find what fulfills them and you had in your show just before this one uh, a conversation about you know finding your purpose so mm -hmm. how did you find how did you identify what your purpose was in order to then jump into it and, you know, do it like every day of your life? Right. Um, only a few years ago, I, I've had this long career. And it was a few years ago, I had gone to the Columbia Business School 
for um, executive development. And through a series of courses, I'm going through, and do you, did you ever have those moments where the room just disappears and the professor is speaking to you like someone's speaking your language? Yes. And going through all of these different courses, and I had to write my own personal leadership credo. And I had to spend a semester writing my story, telling my story. And then I thought, I had always thought my career was a, an accident. I had always thought I fell into what I was doing just because I took this job or that job. Telling your story and going to your core. My purpose from birth was to be surrounded by large numbers of people. And so everything within my soul created that environment. I'm a slow learner, perhaps. It only took a few years ago to really understand that's my purpose. It's to take my energy, my God-given energy, my enthusiasm for connecting people and um, using it to leave those that I'm able to touch and those that I'm able to be blessed enough to have the, the, the um, connection to a little bit better than they were before I met them. And then I too, selfishly, want to become a little bit better from the experience with you, right? Think about it this way. I'll think about it. When I leave this broadcast with you today, you know, if it was like, oh, that was tough or that was hard, that means our energies probably aren't for one another. It doesn't make me bad or you bad. But mm -hmm. when, you, when your energies combine and, and you get excited about a topic, you get excited about being in somebody else's realm, to me, I'm in search of that till the day that I'm no longer on the planet because that drives me. Wow. So what would you tell to people, aspiring leaders, existing leaders who want to make an impact, but who feel, and I'm asking you this question because I asked myself this question a couple of years ago. Now it's solved, check mark. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, I know uh, uh, many may ask themselves the same question. When you feel like you are too kind and you have this vision that you have to be strong and assertive and, you know, to be a good leader, to make an impact, what, like, what would you tell them? Like, what would be your best advice to them? Yes, you can be kind and, you know, there is no such thing as being too kind. You can still be soft and eventually have a great impact or maybe you got to toughen yourself, you got to improve yourself. What would you say to people who want to, make an impact, but they don't know how to go about it? Um, the first thing I always tell people, because people, some people have asked me, you know, younger people who would ask me in, in, in previous, my previous life, oh, I want your career. How can I do something like you? And I, my career is my career. Your career is your, everyone has a different path. Yeah. Where, what I think makes everyone successful is being true to themselves. themselves. Yeah. Because my version of kindness, right? People think, oh, you're kind, you're a pushover, right? When, when you stand firm in your core beliefs and the belief of, of what's right and what it is that you need to do, you can do all of those things, be, be kind, and you can be firm. Now, my way of doing it can be very different from your way of doing it, but what's your mission? Doreen, what's your goal and where do you need to be? And what I would say is just bring, to, to be kind, it's bringing out your humanity. 
And it's having that empathy for the other person on the other side, even in the most difficult of circumstances. And if you've been a leader of, of large numbers of people for doing it a long time, you sometimes have to end someone's employment. And that's the most gut-wrenching thing that a leader has to do. And it's gut-wrenching if you're someone who cares about people because you understand the impact that, that that has. But there's things that one must do. And if you put yourself in the other person's shoes and think through from that other perspective, you can be kind, you can be firm, and you can be successful. So the old, the old paradigm of tough, 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 don't yeah. take no for an answer, makes me insane. No is an answer. No is a complete sentence. And sometimes the kindest thing you could do to someone is no. Now I could walk into a hospital and say, I want to be a surgeon. Somebody should be saying, no, you are not qualified, yeah. <laughs> right? So we have a comment here actually from Nidal who says, kindness is a tricky zone as teams tends to take advantage of oh. this zone. I think kindness with boundary, boundaries more efficient than a flat one. Smart and successful leaders can do the magic recipe. Too much oh. kindness, like too much salt in cooking. Ooh, what do you want to answer to Nidal? That is a mouthful and terrific because it's absolutely right. And if you're savvy and if you're aware, there will be those in the crowd that think, oh, you're just fluff, right? Mm -hmm. If you're upbeat and you're positive, people will take it as pushover. What you have to do publicly you continue to be that person upbeat positive talk about all that positive stuff but you have to privately call someone out on those that are taking advantage and you could do that and it depends on the circumstances but you could do that in a way that's kind you have that conversation one-on-one -on -one and you understand it it takes time right the younger version of myself probably fell into many different traps but over time you, you learn you learn and you can you can pick them out in the crowd but that's a that's an excellent comment excellent. and I, actually so uh, uh david says sadly some people misperceive kindness as weakness and they try to test boundaries it's possible to be kind to be kind but also not tolerating misbehavior right. and that's exactly correct. what you said correct you you with with, with experience you pick it out. And even a younger leader, right? A new manager of people, something doesn't seem right. Have the conversation. It's not always easy with that person who heckled you from the crowd at a morning meeting, have the conversation afterwards say, let's get to the bottom of that. Because what you're doing is getting to find out their issue, but you're also letting them know, I'm not stupid. You know, I, I understand what you were trying to do or how you were trying to challenge me. Let's have a conversation. And I think that's important. It's a teaching. Oh, it is. It is. It's a teaching moment for, for everyone. For everyone. For you as the messenger and for the people, for the person receiving the message, right? Um, and sometimes, you know, we don't know what's going on. We, we, we don't know what's going on behind uh, closed doors. We don't know what's going on in people's lives. So sometimes it's just a matter of having those conversations, right. you know, to... Uh, to 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 pave the way for more openness and more understanding to one another. Uh, but then, you know, if you see that it works that way, that's good. But then if you see that it doesn't work, the, so then you want to think about something else. But kindness and empathy, 
I would exactly. add empathy to the conversation right. should be what comes first. Right. Right. And so assume that the person isn't just being evil, right? First step, have the conversation to your point. Where's this coming from? Let's let's talk about it. Exactly. So why did you did you decide to focus on kindness and leadership? You could have focused on so many things, right? And achieve uh, the same uh, outcome and conquer the world and make your impact. Uh, but why why did you decide to focus on kindness, especially? It was during the pandemic, or as a result of the pandemic, what had happened was, you know, the city was shut down for five months, and museums and cultural organizations were the first to reopen. So in the five months from closed down to reopening, um, I got to work with the the entire organization, and I got to work with cultural institutions across New York City. And what I realized is, what were we doing? We were trying to reopen to be safe. It wasn't about the profits. It wasn't about ticket sales. It wasn't about competition amongst one another. How do we as a community come together to keep our staff safe and to keep the public safe? And it was that thread. You're just being a good, decent human being. It's kindness. And it just made me review my entire career. I review the numbers because I've revealed that I'm a numbers geek, right? I look at the numbers, but I realized, wow, none of us comes as the expert, the subject matter expert in anything. And so while you could put any label you want on either of us, like leader, manager, whatever the experience is, nope, um, for me, if you put on my tombstone, kind, kindness, he was kind, that's all that will matter because that's the thread that should come through my entire career and what it is that I need to be doing for the rest of my career. And David here says actually, um, the team has a mission purpose and we cannot allow misbehavior to take the team off. Absolutely. Course. It's not fair to the others, right? You have 12 people in the room, there was one heckler. Those 11 want the positive energy shouldn't bring the 11 down because of the one negative, really. Great That's, point, David. Yeah, great point. Thank you, David. And thank you for all of you for the comments. Keep them coming. We have a few minutes left. Time flies, you know, when we have those great you know. conversations. <laughs> you don't I thought this was six hours and I was going to talk <laughs> all But let's talk more. Let's talk okay. more. So do you see people requesting, asking, needing, needing kindness? Or is that something that still we are, you know, because of society, because of the way we were raised, because of the expectation? Is that something that we we crave for, but that we hide? Or do you see now people being more open about giving, providing kindness, but also about the need of receiving kindness? This is how I see people, humans in general. I believe at our core, no matter where we're from, our language, gender, race, most people are kind. Most people um, will will want that, right? You want to be treated in the way you treat others, or, you know, and you hope that it's it's the good stuff. So people never ask, or people that I work with, or clients that I'm I'm working with, they don't say, "Hey, we need some kindness around here. Can you help?" They usually have a problem to solve 
And I suppose tapping into what, you know, my bag of tricks over the years was not necessarily had a bag of kindness or not necessarily that I'm a cheerleader. And I'm sure there are people out there who probably say, oh, look at that, Will. He wasn't so kind to me back then, right? Because we're human, right? We all have those moments. But, but you're trying to solve a problem. And what do we human beings need now more than ever? To just be human. That's a humanity. And it, it's kindness. It's empathy. It's just going back to what I keep saying. It is just being able to solve that problem, business problem, personal problem, community problem, by just being that decent human being. That's and to me, that's kindness. That's kindness. And uh, our friend here, uh, Joseph, says, in today's world, most definitely kindness is being thought, of, thought out. 100%. Our wow. media is so negative, right? Our feeds and social, it's so negative. We, we're all looking for that kindness. You're absolutely right. That's a boom for Joseph. That's boom for you, Joseph. We shouldn't have <laughs> to ask. It should be the daily practice to be kind. You know, the same boom. way we, in school, we train child, kids, you know, uh, but depending what country you are, you, you are in, you know, to... Uh, give allegiance to the to the to the the national the country flag or you know to just have right. an an act of kindness or just the same way you say hi good morning to be polite just we should teach our kids you know exactly. the first thing in the morning or when you see people is to be kind to them that would mean that would probably make the world a better place and to come back to the media i don't watch tv I, no, didn't grow, I didn't grow up, you know what, the funny thing is I didn't grow up with TV. We didn't have TV at home, not because we we couldn't, but because my mom saw, thought it was so negative back then already. And she wanted to, 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 to raise me in an environment that I was positive and where I would develop, you know, intellectual curiosity. I would develop uh, my soft skills, talking to people, you know, be genuine in everything that I do instead of being, you know, poisoned every day with exactly. negative messages coming from the media from the world and today like 30 years later it's even worse oh it's unbelievable it's so so bad last thing i'll say uh, you know when you talk about empathy and saying good morning to people one of my nicknames was the mayor i always had in my head through my family it's impolite to greet people without saying their name So I have this ability to remember people's names. Wow. So I would go through and it's hundreds of people a day and you can remember their names and their children's name. I don't know how I do it. That might be deleted from my brain someday, but there is the power in the greeting, the hello. That's, that's just a kind gesture. It doesn't mean bringing people cakes and giving them comforts <laughs> all the time, but good morning, Joseph. Good morning, David. Good morning, Doreen. That's to me an act of kindness. It is. And just to, before we wrap up, uh, we, I remember when I moved to North America in Canada uh, and I see it often because that shocked me. That really surprised me. I would say good morning to everyone in the like in the building, you know, uh, in the elevator, because that's that's what we used to do back home in France. And here people would look at me like I was the weirdo, like what's wrong <laughs> with her? I don't know her. And she's telling me good morning or hi, yeah. how are you doing? And, you know, it was like a cultural shock for me yeah, because yeah. this is when I realized like, 
okay, so I can't be kind to people that I don't know, basically. How weird is that? So it's, for me, that was a cultural shock when I moved to Canada. I think it's just polite. You see someone on the street, you don't have to say hello, but you ignore. It's another human being in your presence. Just a you, smile, you know? Exactly. A nod. You're not looking to go to dinner. You no. know? <laughs> right? I agree. So thank you so much, Will, thank for you, your time, you. for your positive energy, for your vibes. Thank you, everyone who joined the conversation. If you are watching the, the replay, leave your comment as well. We will go through all the comments and respond to all of you. Thank you, everyone, for this beautiful time together. I wish you a wonderful day. You take care. And I will see you next week, Wednesday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time for another live episode of Stand Up From The Crowd. Thank you, Will. And thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Stay kind. Be kind. <laughs> <laughs>